Nice. <laughs> that was like a last minute ad, so it like worked out great. So awesome. Welcome. Hey guys. Hi. Hi. We're sitting down together. Hopefully, uh, having an awesome conversation. Just want to welcome you to What's on Your Mind Relationship Edition. Um, we do this like periodically throughout. We, how long has it been since we did um, the the questions Christians hope no one will ask? How long has it been? Like a few months. Middle of October. Gosh, yeah. Okay, so it's been a while. Um, where where we we let you guys kind of steer the ship, and um, can we get that one up with the phone number on it? Uh, we've been putting this out on on social media and uh, and various in our text messaging system where there's a a phone number that you can text if you have any questions about dating, relationships. It does not have to be just about that. Although, you know, we're going to try our best to kind of steer it towards a particular theme for this evening. Um, but, uh, yeah, feel free at any point if you want to text in a, a message, you certainly can do so. We also have the lovely Party Pete. Hey, where, where are you at, Party Pete? Oh, there he is. All right, yeah, he's got a microphone. So if you are really courageous, and you want to ask the question live, you can do so. We'll this, see. This is a live show, dude. This is, this is totally live. This is the closest thing to reality this TV I'm ever going to be in. This is not pre-recorded. I don't know if I like sitting <laughs> This is not pre-recorded. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I want to introduce you guys to our panelists. Um, we are, uh, we're experts on dating and relationships and how to screw up relationships. We're, we're experts on that. So, uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, we're, we're honestly, we're a little bit honored to, to be here and just to be a part of this conversation. Um, what I'd love to do is just have you guys kind of introduce yourselves and, and tell us a little bit about where you're at. Like, what's your dating status right now? Um, yeah. Kick us off, Jenna. Ladies first. <laughs> it's so exciting. Okay. Um, so I was married for 10 years, um, and I am not married anymore, divorced, currently dating, went on a date last night, which was fun. Um, so yeah, currently dating people. Wait, oh, you're yes. actively dating. Actively dating. Whoa, yeah. cool. It's so much And I, I heard that you're like going, can I, can yeah. I ask about, it? you're going speed dating going this speed. weekend, right? Yeah. Wait, is that before or after you go line dancing? It's before. Okay. Dope. Yep. So that's going like yep. to be like a big day, right? Like just busy, busy, big busy yeah. meeting people. And, and I'm an introvert, so like at the end of the night, I'm just going to lock myself in my room. Yes. Never come out. <laughs> sounds exhausting. <laughs> yep. And where are you going line dancing at? Uh, Grizzly Rose. Grizzly Rose. Yep. Grizzly Rose. Cool. Uh, my name is Jack. Uh, woo, woo, woo. That's... Thanks, guys. What uh, do you do here? What? What do you do? Here? I am the middle school pastor here, so, you know, sign up for that thing that Crispy talked about, Blast. It's a blast. Um, uh, yeah, I am uh, currently in a relationship for nine months at this point today, so that's kind of cool. Woohoo! She's great. She is super cool. Megan is like, my wife was like, I really like Megan. She's just, she's just a beautiful person. And she really is. She's awesome. She's so. very beautiful. She's so cool. 
Um, should we say something embarrassing in case she listens to the podcast? She wants to listen, so. She does want to listen. Oh, I can't say anything bad. Oh, all right. We won't. We won't. We won't. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so over the last week, we kind of had, you know, this number posted. And, and actually, a lot of you guys put in um, questions and stuff like that. So um, I guess we can just open it up to the floor first. And if anybody would like to take that crazy step of being the first person to ask a question. And then we can, if not, we can jump into one of our questions that we have on our, on our list here. So, oh, Hayden has a question. Yes. Whoa. Bruh. It's on. Cool. So uh, my question went something like, um, in my personal experience, I feel like sex is such a taboo topic in the ter- church. I'm wondering how you can talk about it in a sense that how God made it and how it's a blessing from him. So uh, we're not going to go deep quickly, are we? <laughs> so you had a question about sex uh-huh. and how t- sex is taboo. Is that because you think that churches don't address sex? Often they don't say the word enough? Like sex doesn't come up in conversations or sermons enough? Or maybe, maybe sex doesn't come up in small group questions enough. Is that kind of what you're getting at? I'm teasing. I'm teasing you. Great question. Great question. Yeah. Um, man, I think you're totally right. I think it's something that... <sighs> in an effort to try to avoid awkward situations or conversations, right? I think sometimes people skate by it as a topic, as a, as a conversation topic. And um, we've talked about here at Garage a lot of times that we want this to be the absolute safest place on earth to talk about anything, right? And so I want you guys to know it's going to get awkward. Crickets. <laughs> no, uh, honestly, like... Um, I'm totally open to talking about it, and I, and I do think we need to, like, we need to, we need to go there, right, and, and have those conversations. Yes, they're going to be awkward. Yes, they're going to be a little weird. Um, but maybe be a little, like, discerning about who we're having those conversations with and maybe the, the environments within which we're having those conversations. Um, tonight, when we finish here, hopefully we'll have time. We can break into small groups. Okay, hold on. God, that was so awkward. There you go. There you go. Um, so, so awkward. Um, we're going to break into small group, and ho- hopefully we can, um, we can do this if we'll have time, but break into, like, guys and girls and stuff like that. And I, and I think that's a great conversation spot, you know, in context where, where we can talk about those things. But um, I think, yeah, the question came up. It was, um, so how can sex be a blessing from God? You guys have any thoughts on that? Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. Hi. Um, So I was thinking about this question, um, and, you know, you say it's a taboo topic and that you don't really talk about it in the church as it being a blessing. It's mostly sex is bad until you get married and then sex is good. Um, That's an incredibly confusing thought process. when it was created to be good, um, before marriage, okay, I'm going to try to yeah, gather my thoughts. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know, it feels Jenna, weird talking Jenna. about sex with a microphone. Um, 
So there is something that happens when you have sex, and that's intimacy, right? We all know the, the I word, intimacy. Um, and intimacy is strengthening of trust and bonding with someone. Um, sex before marriage um, is basically bonding yourself to someone that you are not in a committed relationship with yet. They have the opportunity to leave. Um, it can be quick, and then therefore you have, I think there was this illustration of the rose and jackets, which we'll probably get into. Um, but you're, you're making yourself vulnerable. So I think it was Genesis chapter 4. Um, it talks about Adam knowing Eve. And that word knowing, um, I believe Crispy was saying that it's the same word for um, how we have transparency and intimacy with God. Um, so in that moment of intimacy, in that moment of bonding because of sex, you are completely raw, open, vulnerable, and seen. And saving that for a moment when you're meant to be bonding with your spouse, it strengthens over time. The more that you do it, the more you affirm those bonds, the more you see that you can be absolutely transparent, open, have that intimacy, and you're still accepted. Um, so I think that's the blessing in waiting. Um, that act of intimacy over a period of time, that's how you see those great relationships, those powerhouse couples that have been married for 50 years, you know, um, you're reestablishing trust every time. You're saying, this is me, um, and I see you, and I'm still going to meet you, and I'm still going to love you where you're at. So that's kind of my that. That's good. You got anything to add to that? I think, you know, the question, how can sex be a blessing, I think is, uh, gosh, so many things that God's given us, they're like, they're like tools, right? Like um, in a sense of like they can have, they can be used for a bad purpose or, can, or they can be beautiful and amazing. And, um, and I think it's one of those. So I think, I think we can have a culture where it is a blessing, right? And um, I really, I hate the, um, the shame culture around, you know, sexuality and things like that. I think that, um, you know, we need to have a good perspective of the context of life where it's appropriate and where God designed it to be. Um, but I think, hands down, God sees it as a beautiful thing. Like, it's, it's not, not a blessing. It, it is absolutely a blessing. We have, have defiled it and destroyed it and and ravaged it in our culture and, and, and beat it into, you know, something that it's not supposed to be, an image that it's not supposed to be. And so um, I think if we can just fight to be kind of counterculture in that way and, and um, you know, when I, when I got married, I came into that marriage. Um, just so you guys know my, my status, in case you didn't know, um, sorry, I assumed um, I was divorced. I was married and, and ended up um, in divorce, and then after that was when I met Christ, and then came to Colorado, and and met my current wife Jessa, and we're uh, we've been married for seven years, and uh, it's like night and day. It's so crazy. So we're all part of the reason that all three of us are up here is we're in different contexts of you know marriage and dating status, relationship status, and um, going from this very toxic relationship to this thing that was you know completely 
blessed by God and and has been just incredible is it's night and day. And I can tell you, when I got out of that previous relationship, man, there was so much shame around um, sex and 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 all of that, like anything um, surrounding any sort of intimacy. There was so much shame around it, and uh, and so I think that you know we if it's if it's ever something in our lives where it's not a blessing, I think it's something that we're doing to kind of mess it up, to kind of mar that that situation. So that's good. Any other questions? Any, anything else? I have. I have. Wait. What? Were you gonna talk? No. um so yeah um having sex before marriage um uh yeah I was raised in a culture where if you did that it was terrible and therefore you never talked about the fact that you were doing it so then you became isolated and you just lived in that shame and so for me um yeah having sex before um I married my now ex-husband um I believed I was impure, dirty, unworthy, um, and I allowed myself to take all these labels upon myself rather than to rest in the fact that God has redeemed and forgiven me. Um, I didn't accept that, so I thought the only way that I can redeem this situation is to get married to this dude. Um, If you are having sex with someone, if you have had sex before marriage, don't let it swallow you up in shame, pray about it, repent, shut the door, like move on, you know, don't, don't let yourself feel terrible for it. At the end of the day, um, you know, God doesn't ask us to repeatedly repent for the same sin over and over again. Um, so have some grace for yourself and also don't feel like you can't share with your community. You know, girls, you guys can come talk to me about it. You will never be met with judgment. Never will I say, I can't believe that you did this. If anything, my arms are going to be open and I'm going to say, girl, I get it. So just know you guys are supported. Yeah. One of the things we say a lot around here is uh, you're under no obligation to be the same person you were five minutes ago. And I love that because um, how, like, how many times do we allow our past to like dictate what's happening in the present? And, um, and I, and I know for, for myself, like, that was definitely true. So just know, like, regardless of what's happened in your past, there's nothing you could have done or been involved in that God can't forgive. And, uh, and even, even if it's something ongoing that it's, you know, you're, it, maybe you're stuck in it right now and you're just, like, feel like you're chained to something, maybe a pornography addiction, that you feel like it's affecting your interactions with, you know, somebody else. Um, you know, those are, those are, God is there. He's walking that journey with you, and, and um, yeah, so uh, we had a question that came in, and it says, it's a really good one, where's the line between keep trying and letting go? Where's the line between keep trying and letting go? And I think that's a, I'm assuming the context of that question is regarding a relationship that maybe is not doing so hot, and then you're kind of questioning, do I keep fighting for this relationship? Or do I just deuces? What do you guys think? (laughs) Dude, hey, by the way, this is absolutely a dialogue. So I want you guys to feel like you have all the freedom in the world. That's why Party Pete has a mic, to be a part of this conversation. So come on. I think that kind of worked. Like, I don't know. You know this. Loud and proud. 
you know this, obviously. Like last March, I think we got breakfast last year, and I was like talking to Crispy. I was like, you know, like you're like the first person I'm telling this to, but like for the past couple months, I've been, you know, in my past relationship, I was obviously having sex before marriage, and I felt guilt and I felt shame and all that stuff. I was holding on to it, and he's like, you know, like should you still really truly be in this? And I was like, in the end, like I decided to like, you know, take that step and, you know, stop doing that and, you know, like, I guess retake back what, I guess, what God wants me to do. And, like, in that sense, you can kind of see whether the relationship's going to last or not. And obviously, you take, I, that took away and the relationship did not last two more weeks after that, honestly. So, you know, it is entrapping, honestly. I think that's good. Like, so this might sound kind of harsh, but I would say if you're in a relationship and you're act and you're sexually active, you need to just end the relationship. To me, once you and and somebody else have opened that door inside of that relationship, I would say it's like impossible to go back. Um, and I don't know if you guys agree with that, but that's that I think is is a is a huge thing. And so like what Pete's talking about is like he realized he was there and it was like, okay, yeah, this relationship is probably going to end. So I would say that's a pretty hard and solid line is that if that's a part of your relationship, if sex is a part of your relationship, you probably just need to end it. I mean, I think that's just the truth. And uh, yeah, what you got? Um, I would say, I mean, if it's a sexual relationship, yeah, absolutely. I think this question can be brought into all sorts of relationship, friendships or anything like that. Um, so my thought initially is um, kind of what you said earlier, Jenna, was like, there's a point where you can go to the place and keep taking all these things onto yourself. Um, and that's you trying to deal with it and, and, and shuffling it to the side or compartmentalizing it or whatever it is. Um, and it's hard to actually say, I'm not accepting any more of this and I'm going to shut the door. Um, and it's when you shut the door, I think that's when you get to actually see that um, life of moving on and getting to the next stage or moving beyond that crap you were dealing with and just getting shoveled onto every time that you tried, you know. Um, and that might be a friend or it might be a sexual partner, whatever it is. It's, um, yeah, it's, uh, I lost it right there. It's go. Awesome. <laughs> I, th I think maybe what you're trying to say and is like, you know, if, is the relationship making me a better person or am I having to make compromises in this relationship? Regardless of like friendship, family even, right? I mean, sometimes family is draining, man. And uh, it might be a toxic, manipulative relationship. And, and um, having that ability to, to look at it and say, okay, you know, I'm fighting for this relationship, but it's, it's stressing me out. It's, it's you know, there, I don't think God would ever advocate for you to stay in a relationship to a point where it's unhealthy for you as a person, right? I think that's, I think that's probably a, a good place to land. And, um, yeah, so, good. Any other questions from the audience, you guys? Oh, man, this is so cool. What's your name? Noob. He doesn't know how to use the microphone. Noob. 
I thought microphone guy was going to turn it on for me, so. <laughs> All right, so this one's for Crispy. So when you met Jessa, like, did you know right away or did it take time? Yeah, good question. So um, uh, a lot of you guys know some of the story. Uh, Jessa, the first time I met her, we were acquaintances on um, basically a college campus, and I asked her out for coffee, and she unfriended me, blocked me, ghosted me, like whatever you can, and and I didn't even know what happened, and I'm just like, what did I do? And long story short, I didn't know the context of her life, um, but she, you know, as a lot of you guys know, she suffered through some horrific abuse, and um, and so I didn't know the context of her life and kind of what was going on behind the scenes. So, but for some reason, when I approached her, like God just kind of gave me peace to keep praying for her. Like I just knew something was, something was up. Like, you know, I, I felt it in my spirit. God was like, just keep praying for her. Just keep praying for her. And so two years passed. We didn't talk a single time. I never saw her on campus really. Um, she actually left campus for a long time. So two years had passed, and I'm walking back from chapel, and one of my profs said to me, he said, you know, are you, uh, are you dating? And I told him I wasn't. And he said, you need to go talk to that Canadian girl. He never even had Jessa in his class. So this is crazy, right? Like we didn't even, I, I have asked him, like, what prompted that comment? And he's like, couldn't tell you. And, but that comment so he said, you know, go talk to that Canadian girl. And I told him, I said, well, she shut me down like two years ago. She's totally not interested. And um, he said, don't give up so easy. And I, I really felt in that moment like God was like, okay, you've done a lot of work over the last two years. And, and really, truly, honestly, like this is God's timing. Like if Jessa and I had, had gotten into a relationship, you know, years, you know, two years previous, I, I don't know that it would have been destroyed or, or if it would have been toxic or what, but we were both, like, still really broken people. And not that we're not now. Like, we're still very broken people. But it was like we had to do a lot of work in that two years. And it's crazy because after we got together, you know, we're talking through that, like, two-year period. It was like, man, God did some crazy stuff in our lives through that two-year period. And so um, I think... If, if I'm hearing your, your, your question is kind of like, what am I looking for from God to, to, to tell me if, if this is a relationship to, um, to get into? And I think, to be honest with you, um, I think it's, we have this idea in, in America, and you know, West, in the West, that um, there's this one person for me. There's this right person. And um, I, don't, I don't personally kind of subscribe to that necessarily. I think that... Um, I think God is way more open to um, what our choices are, you know, and, and what we might be deciding. Like, you know, does he want you to go to this college or this college? Well, maybe he's not specifically telling you which college. And I think when that happens, he's kind of leaving that decision up to you, you know. And, and so it's not that he doesn't have somebody planned for you or anything like that, but that he's kind of leaving that decision open to you. And so I think... S when he told me, you know, kind of opening the door for me to pursue relationship with Jessa again, um, I was at a place where I was like, 
eating, breathing, sleeping, passionately pursuing a relationship with Jesus, like above everything else in my life. And um, I think that had a lot to do with me being able to hear him clearly saying, here you go. You know, I'm opening this door for you to pursue it again. So um, good question. Want to add anything to that? So, no. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, can I drink your water too? Okay. Um, Not sure what that one says. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you guys want to talk about that? Living with a significant other. Okay, I can do this. Or I can ask the question, start it. Do it. Okay, so the question just came in. Living with a significant other while dating or while engaged, question mark. Yeah. It's a big one. Sorry, I just read it off the thing. I didn't put it into a actual sentence. I'm sorry. Um... Yeah, uh, let's see. Um, what do you? What do we think? I guess, or what's what's our perspective of living with a significant other while we're dating or while we're engaged? Um, I, 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 for me personally, I, I don't know if it's something. Um, I mean, I don't do that currently. I don't plan to do that ever. Um, and that's my perspective of just. There's a lot of uh, boundaries and temptations and uh, crossover that I don't think is um, the r- the right place at the right time, really. Um, because when you start to cross those boundaries, you get into the place of um, uh, that intimacy and those things that um, are so good, but um, are meant to be in that s- specific place. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. That kind of opens makes perfect the door. sense. Yeah, like when you're when you're um, going to that place of intimacy. Yeah, you open yourself up to that person, right? And, um, you know, the, the question would be is, is it, is it healthy for the relationship? Is it, um, you know, is it the right thing for the relationship? And what I hear you saying is, is it's not like you guys just said, we're not going to live together as a rule. But more so, you said, we're not going to live together because of the things that it would bring. Right? It wasn't really like legalism in a sense. Like, hey, we're not going to live together because that's a rule. But more so, like, we, both of you guys, are like, this wouldn't be good for our relationship long term, right? Is that kind of? Okay. Cool. Cool. You got anything to add to that, Jenna? Um, You seem like you. I feel like that kind of says it all um, as far as the temptations. Um, And it kind of ties in with the why is sex a blessing, Um, you know, Sex is a blessing, but before marriage, you're also sinning, right? You're never going to experience that blessing in its full beauty if you're also living in sin. Um, So if you're living with somebody, you're probably going to have sex with them. And at that point, you know, you're you're living in sin, and that's also going to, you know, kind of taint your relationship before it started, and that comes with a lot of baggage later. So um, there are certain boundaries that should not be crossed until... You're married. I mean, if you feel like you're able to live with your significant other and you guys will not have sex, and you actually believe that you will not have sex, like, kudos to you. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, um, that's but, nuts, right? Yeah. 
Like the living yeah. together isn't the sin, right? It's like the, the things that it brings. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Understood. So that's my take on it. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, oh, we got one over here. Yeah. Go for it. How do you know when you are ready to date? Ooh. Jack, how did you know when you were ready to date? <laughs> um, I think for me, I mean, I, I was dating for a little while um, before I met Megan, and uh, there was a lot of failure, honestly, just in the, the simple dates that I would go on. Um, but I think before I got to that place of trying to date somebody, um, I was in a place where I was, I was enjoying my life um, so much so that literally life was coming out of me in so many different ways. And there was no other thing, not, 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 I'm going to say that, that's wrong actually, I wouldn't say that. I wanted to share some of that life. Um, and so, I, I mean, a lot of you know me, I'm a people person to the max, so um, I did a lot of things with a lot of people. <clears throat> but I got to a place where I was still living that way and having that come and life bringing coming out of me um, that I wanted to share it and, and find somebody that enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, and then I started to date, and I would fail at dating because I found this or that or they found this or that in uh, us and it was a struggle to be like but I'm like life it's happening I love and I want to share and I, they're here potentially to share that part with me um yeah that's great is that fair I watched a um actually Hayden told me about this I watched a uh um podcast video of the porch and there was a series called dateable and it was really good and, and I, I think if I understood like what their gist was is that it's not like a black and white oh I'm ready here we go you know but more so like um what what is the time of singleness that you might be in what is God you know trying to bring into your life during that season or what might he be trying to teach you or what areas of growth is he um, pushing for and um, and I thought that was really good like it's not so black and white right like especially for me like I was in that period of singleness for two years and and um, you know yes I felt like this was an intentional period of singleness but I never felt like I was at a place where I was like okay I'm ready here we go you know let me make my profile or whatever tinder profile um, or whatever um, but it was like that conversation that I had with my prof and all of a sudden it was like on my radar. I mean, it just kind of happened like that. I, and again, like we were talking about this earlier, like these are our experiences. That doesn't mean that they're universally like applicable for everybody's situation, right? I mean, you guys have very different situations, but I think the principle there is that it's not really like a black or white thing necessarily of like, hey, I'm, I'm ready to date, um, but, but maybe more so like you know, pursuing Christ, pursuing Christ, and then that that longing to be in a relationship, it's a real thing, and it's not going to go away. It's not, you know, God created us for relationship. It's not going to just, um, you know, it's not like you have to pursue Christ until you've beaten the desire for romance out of your life, and then you're ready to date. No, that's not, I don't think that's how it goes. I think 
you know, we're created for that. We're, we're created to be in that kind of relationship. And, you know, maybe God is convicting your heart that right now you need to be single for a reason. If that's the case, I would say lean into that as hard as you can and really be seeking, seeking Abba. Like, God, what do you want to bring in my life? How do you want to grow me? I want to go after that. Because that's probably that thing that, you know, it, you know God has this incredible, in, you know, knowledge of us. That's probably that thing that you need before you jump into that relationship that he knows is in your future, if that makes any sense. I know that was true for me, so. Yeah. Um, I think the, <clears throat> the difference is between do you need a relationship or are you desiring a relationship? And what I mean by that is, um, do you need a relationship in order to feel fulfilled and validated um, and somehow you're using a relationship to fill a part of you? Um, but there is a healthy way, like Christy was just saying, like you can long and desire for relationships, and that is, that's not wrong. Um, and if God, you know, had called you into a period of singleness, um, yeah, I don't think that there is a deadline. I don't think that there's a quota of, okay, you, you've reached your amount of being content in having a relationship with me. Um, and if you were called into singleness and you're seeking the Lord and someone comes along that you are interested in for all the right reasons, it's okay to pursue that if you feel, if you pray about it and God's like, hey, yeah, like, that's cool. But don't think that you have to reach a certain amount of time or a certain level of spirituality, uh, close, you're never going to be close enough to God. That's a journey you're going to continually go through. But don't feel like you can't desire a relationship because God has called you to be single. You can still, still want that, just want it for the right reasons. That's good. That's good. All right, we got, man, this is a big question. Did you read it? Yeah. Oh, you got one back there. Oh, Keon. Come on, bro. Hello, hello. Speak it up. All right, so my question is. Wait, wait, wait. What's your What's your dating status right now? I'm married. Oh! <laughs> when did you guys get married? December 29th. Oh, snap. <laughs> so you guys are newlyweds, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Come on. Sweet. So my question is. In the relationship, how do you balance sacrificing and also making time for yourself and space for yourself in a healthy manner? And like with time and work and friends and then... Yeah. Man, that's a huge one. Gosh. Um, I'll just like just share a little bit from my own marriage. Like, um, okay, so... I've seen this happen over and over and over, okay? Um, folks get married, and like five years or ten years down the road, they say, you're not the same person that I married, right? And we talked about this with love languages, right? We naturally speak in our own love language, okay? It, and because that's true, we also tend to try to make our significant other kind of be like us too, right? Like, you know, you have a normal way that you load the dishwasher. And as dumb as it sounds, I literally heard a husband and wife just railing each other over how they load the dishwasher. Okay. And it will get 
It will get like that, I promise you. And, and, and you think about, like, you're trying to conform that other person to load the dishwasher the way that you, wa- you load it, you know, and it's like, this is crazy. But we do this. We do this when we're in a marriage or when we're in a, a relationship for a long time is we try to make the other person a little bit like us, a little bit like us. And um, where I'm going with this is that um, I've always encouraged people like, man, Whatever those, those hobbies, those passions, those things that make you intrinsically who you are, whatever those are, make time for those things because that right there allows you to continue being that person that they originally fell in love with in the first place. Does that make sense? So, that, so you don't end up, you know, five years down the road and, and you're like living life identical to your significant other, you know, and... And, uh, and so what Jessa and I have had to figure out how to do is how to celebrate our differences. And so when, I, when I'm telling her, like, hey, you know, I really feel like I need some self-care time. This is something that I have to, like, explicitly ask, right? It's like, you know, make it wide open, okay? Hey, I'm really tapped, and I need some, some self-care time. You know, and I might go work on motorcycles or something one of the things I like to do, whatever, tinker in the garage, turn a wrench. Like some of those things are, are those hobbies that I love to do and they're part of what make me who I am. And, and um, because I can take time apart to engage in those things. But, but that also is like, I need to, to balance that. Like you were saying, I need to balance that with like spending time with Jessa, right? And, and investing myself in that relationship. And uh, I don't know that there's a good rule of thumb that I've, I've found that's like a good balance, but um, being able to talk about it, I think, has been super helpful. Like, we've made it very clear between Jessa and I, like, hey, if, if you feel tapped and you feel like you need self-care time, like, say it, right? Talk about it. And so it's a safe place in our marriage to say, hey, I'm going to go to the garage for a little bit and just kind of chill out. And, um, and that's okay. But at the same time, we've also made it a safe space to say, you know, hey, uh, I'd like to spend some time together. Can we put something? And so that's the other part is like putting something on the calendar, making it a priority. And for us, we kind of got into this rhythm of like Friday nights are our date nights. And we always try to do something crazy different. And uh, there's some really creative stuff that you can do to be a part of that and, and to like Really keep that fresh thing going, man. After seven years, it's like, gosh, you know, it's really easy to get into the the um, the rhythm of like, okay, yeah, dinner and a movie or or some of that kind of stuff. But really fighting to be creative. Like I got this, um, I think it's called the Dating Challenge or something. It's a book, and it's just full of like really creative, crazy, insane dating ideas, and it's awesome. Like we use it every time, and it just it just helps us. Keep things, like, kind of new and cool and fresh. But putting something on the calendar is super important because you can look forward to that time together. And then also having enough safe space to say, look, I need, I need some self-care time. So. And then work is just kind of like, um, you know, it's work. Uh, it's, it's, it's something you show up to every day. And, uh, but one of the things that's been really helpful is to communicate to Jessa that, um, my work is never, ever more important than my family. And, um, and there have been a couple times where that's really been tested, you know, with we had something going on, and, 
you know, prime example, um, you know, I accidentally double booked myself where I had work stuff going on and Justin needed me for, for an event. And I, and I had to, I had to really check myself there and say, you know what? Family's more important. I'm going to go with her to this event and support her and be a part of that because that's my, that's one of my callings, right? God calls us to a vocation. Um, but I think he also calls us to marriage and those callings change, Right, so keep a keep a pulse on that in your in your relationships. For those of you who who have those, is like those callings change. Like maybe it's, you know, a new calling to uh, um, an addition to the family or something like that. So, you got you guys got anything to add to that? Uh, yeah, as far as you know, um, well, I don't know what to say. Um, you need to maintain enough of your independence in your own person, um, because if you don't and you assume that you guys need to be one and only one, um, that's how codependent relationships evolve. So what you end up doing is you're creating a, a situation in which, for me, you know, I was married for 10 years, and at the end of the 10 years, I was so afraid to be on my own because I thought I had to be in the relationship to function, to be taken care of, um, and I had zero self-care because I thought it was selfish to care for myself um, and a lot of that was, you know, kind of the culture of the church when I was raised. Um, the wife helps the husband, and that's what you hear. Um, what that creates is this idea that, oh, okay, so my needs matter none, and his needs are the most important ones. So um, I felt selfish having any sort of self-care. Um, so you need to maintain that independency and time for yourself um, never feel selfish for taking time that you need as long as you communicate with your spouse why you're doing it. Yeah. Don't just say, I've got to leave and I can't be here anymore because I need time by myself. Yeah. You're more than likely going to create some conflict. Be, tra <laughs> be transparent and say, hey, you know what? I would really like to have some time to really um, take, a take a breath, you know, um, but yeah. yeah, be careful. That's good. That's good. Um, any other questions in the crowd? We got one over here. And another one over here. So we'll start with Court, and then we'll go to Joseph. Um, and I just want to say, too, um, we are, we want to we wanna speak to, you know, every context in here. So if you're single, if you're married, if you're engaged, if you're dating, we want to try to bring some kind of insight to, like, all of those different contexts. So uh, what you got, Court? Um... Basically, I was just wondering, how do you stop getting ghosted? And I, I'm just kidding. So this, <laughs> it's just a joke. So this is like my year of like wanting to be like really positive and stuff. And I'm wondering, how do you keep a positive outlook on like your marriage or for you single people, like moving towards marriage or moving towards marriage again? Like for me, I feel like it's a little difficult because like I have a lot of friends whose their marriages have failed and just seen a lot of really tough relationships. And like in my mind, I'm like, it would be way easier just to stay single and be really selfish and obviously do sex uh, not God's way. But if you believe in Jesus and want to do things his way, you're like, okay, I got to work towards marriage. So how do you guys maintain like an excitement and like a positive outlook moving towards like marriage or in marriage, I guess? 
bro. You guys are really good at asking questions. <laughs> yeah, okay. no Make kidding. Like, these are good here. questions. <laughs> um, oh, man. I feel like my answer is pretty obvious in that the next relationship cannot possibly be as bad as my last one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, um, I, I don't really think that way. Um, it's, it's more... Um, it's more having had time to work on myself and see that I'm entering into a season where I am way healthier than I was. Um, and I think that gives me a positivity in that you're setting yourself up for success because you're actually caring about um, the state of your mental health, um, your relationship with the Lord. You know, if you set yourself up for that and you're in that, that, that period of just building a lot of self-worth and confidence. It's kind of where I was at for the past few months. Um, and now it's helpful, you know, where I'm dating and you get ghosted and you're like, well, that's okay. That does not mean that there's anything wrong with me. It doesn't necessarily mean there's anything wrong with this person other than being incredibly rude. Um, yeah. But rude. that does not mean that there is something lacking in you. It just means that that was not the right relationship. And I heard this quote once um, from this, there's this uh, podcast called the Life Church Podcast. I don't know if you guys have heard of uh, Craig Rochelle, um, but it was on relationships. And she said, um, this gal said, the wrong relationship at the right time is the wrong relationship. Um, the wrong relationship at the right time is the wrong relationship. The wrong relationship at the wrong time is really the wrong relationship. It's only until God's timing and the person that God has for you come together. Um, so understanding that, yeah, you might have met somebody that could have been your spouse, and it could have been great, but God's timing was not there. Um, and then on the flip side, you know, the timing could be great, but the people could be t terrible. You know, just um, just understand that there is uh, there's there's going to come a moment when those two things come together. Um, waiting for that moment, knowing that in the waiting, God is preparing something better than you would have prepared for yourself. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's good. Um, what did you say? Say that one more time. In the waiting, uh, God's preparing something better than you would have prepared for yourself. Jeez, that sounds like really smart. Let's really smart. <laughs> Y'all writing that down? That sounds really good. Um, no, just to to speak to that too is is like um, I don't know. I I kind of try to have this attitude of always being working on myself and growing, and so similar to what you were saying, um, I'm also kind of like the eternal optimist. Um, so one of my favorite quotes, C.S. Lewis, uh, there are far, far greater things ahead than any we leave behind. I feel like tomorrow is going to be better than today. Um, and um, I think that's true because we have a God who loves us. He is constantly redeeming our lives, right, from, from, the, um, from just the ugliness that our lives were before we met him. And uh, because of that, and because I have the ability to learn and the ability to better myself in Christ and to pursue him and see, you know, try to, try to live um, in, a, in a way that's reflecting him to others, like, I'm like genuinely excited about tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, but even when she, you know, when, even when Jessa like ghosted me, right, that, that time, like, I don't. I don't know what to say. Like, I wasn't bummed. I was just kind of like, what did I do? You know, like, and then I just, I just really had peace in my heart that said, like, just keep praying for her. And I, and I did. And um, 
that was a tough two years. It was really lonely. But but in that two years, you know, I'm by myself. All my family's on the East Coast. I'm living like a, a little, um, I don't know, 400 square foot studio. I was like, man, I was journaling and I was growing and I was going on like prayer retreats. And I was like, I was just spending just gobs of time with Abba, like to where it was like, that was the place I wanted to be all the time. And um, I do think it's important to kind of get to that place. Yeah, totally. Um, like, gosh, man. Uh, okay, so there's this quote. I think I, I've mentioned it before. It's called The Hound of Heaven. It's this crazy long poem. But there's this beautiful stanza in this poem, and the guy who wrote it was actually like a drug addict, and he was struggling with addiction his entire life. But he wrote this poem called The Hound of Heaven. It's super long, and there's a stanza that says, All these things from thee I did but take, not for thy harm, but that thou would seek them in my arms. And so what I heard was like, okay, you know, there was this marriage. Those things ended because I, I wasn't pursuing them in Christ. I wasn't pursuing them in his will for my life. And then as soon as I flipped it and said, you know, he's the priority, um, yeah, it's like uh, I started kind of seeing how I can walk lockstep with his purposes for my life. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know if that, if that helps at all. But. Can I say something? Oh, <laughs> PJ, come on. Um, you guys have no idea how fortunate you are to have a man like John Crisp, who loves Jesus, and, is Je and Jenna, who loves Jesus, even though she's been through heartbreak, and a guy like Jack that I've watched grow up from junior high. Um, I'm just, I just think it's odd. And how many young adult groups are there in our, I don't know why there aren't more, but you guys Amen. are fortunate. Amen. I just want to tell you that. Come on. Thank you so much. I remember much. my dad joke. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's yeah. a good one. Okay. All right. When do you know a joke has become a dad joke? When it becomes a parent. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I know most of the dad jokes. He knows I them figured. all. Jeez. I think I told you my favorite one, haven't I? I think a drug dealer must have sold me my tennis shoes because I don't know what he laced them with, but I've been tripping all day. So. <laughs> And oh. I, told, I told John, if you guys ever invite me, I'll come do a three-week series on love, sex, dating, and marriage. So Boom. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on. You thought you had him? Dude, serious? The guy's, like, devoted to dad jokes. There will be a joke he's yeah. One day. Oh, we love Pat. we love PJ. He's amazing. All right. So uh, we got a question. Right. Oh, yes, Joseph first, and then we'll come to soon. Oh, hey. Um, I guess my question is: is if there's someone you like in the church, uh, what is the best way to pursue that person? If uh, if you find it in your heart that you would like to pursue that person. Yo, uh, I'm just gonna tell. I'm gonna tell you right now. Um, I'm going to tell you my pickup line to Jessa, okay? It's embarrassing. So uh, when the prof said, go talk to Jessa, um, 
I was like, oh, I'm going to go right now. So I literally ran up behind her, and it had been snowing for like two weeks. And the only thing I knew, this is my social awkwardness, um, the only thing that I knew from like two years ago was that she liked to ride bikes. That's literally the only thing I knew about her. So I ran up behind her. <laughs> it had been snowing for like two weeks straight, and there's like two feet of snow. This is down in Colorado Springs, and I ran up behind her, and I was like, uh, have you ridden your bike recently? <laughs> super, super dumb pickup line, but uh, yeah, but it worked. I mean, so I don't know, whatever. So I'm not the person to answer that question, so why don't you guys take it? <laughs> How do you approach someone that you might be interested in in church? Um, I mean, I don't know. It's it's a difficult thing, I guess, for uh, people just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, let me think about this for a second. Um, I mean, my my philosophy was just if I like somebody, I'm going to show up. I'm going to be around. I'm going to put my place in the opportunity. I'm going to get into opportunities where I can interact with that person. Um, and that might be not everybody's tactic. It's a tactic. That's the one I used. So it sounds like you're trying to make friends. I, uh, yeah, first, obviously. Right? Obviously. Any oh. friend. Oh. Um, That's good. That's good. Um, I feel like my answer is not, has, I'm not going to mention Jesus in this. I'm just going to say that. Um, but if you're going to church with somebody and you like them, um, one, give it time to make sure that they are reciprocating. And in that, I mean, um, you may very well like somebody, and that's awesome. Um, but <laughs> uh, there are certain signs that maybe somebody likes you back. Um, so, yeah, give it time to think on it. Um, and there's this movie called He's Just Not That Into You. Um, I super relate. <laughs> um, but the basic thing is if a guy is into you, or in this case we can switch it, um, he will, like Jack said, show up. Um, if he wants to see you, he will see you. If he wants to call you, he will call you. Um, if he wants to go out with you, he'll probably ask you out. Um, look for some of those telltale signs that the person is interested before pursuing that. Um, I only say that because, um, you know, people like me, um, I'm an Enneagram 9. Uh, I, don't like saying, I don't like saying no. Um, so I'll just feel really, really bad. Um, and I won't say no for a really long time, and then you'll get led on, and then I'll finally say no. I'm, this is sounding really weird. Please just, just bear with me. The point is um, don't put somebody in a position where they might have to hurt your feelings. So um, you're saying be clear. Be clear, but wait for reciprocation. Yes. But, I mean, also if you're, the, if you're on the, the other end of it, yes. be clear. Like yes. don't, don't lead people on. That's, that's yes, just rude. correct. That's just rude. Right? Like I feel like I said many things shut, in one Shut sentence, them down. But, they uh, need to be shut down. Or I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Shut it so down. That was harsh. It's just true. Like, wait. Yeah. Man, sure. I think, honestly, like, one of the cool things about this environment is, um, you know, this is a community, right? So, like, we get to hang out with each other a lot. And I, I would say, like, you know, yeah, Jack, man, he nailed it. Like, show up. Let's be friends. Um, you know, if if... I think if there's interest on both sides, it's going to be, um, you, you'll notice it. You know, there'll be things that are reciprocated. 
Yo. Yeah, I, I mean, this is this is long ago, but this is how I met one of the girlfriends that I had in my life that didn't work out, which is great, and that she's, <laughs> it's good. I'm just I'm just telling you, I literally <laughs> s- we started to like each other because we started to do the dishes at my house together. So like, I wanted her Weird. to be over so that I could just like talk to her while we did dishes together. <laughs> Dead serious. It was not my sister. Okay, that's weird. <laughs> It's freaking weird, Kendra. Okay, so you invited her over to do dishes so you guys could talk while she you She had did mutual dishes. friends in my in the house I was living in, but I was like, oh, yeah, dude, just tell her to come over. And then I was like, hey, come help me do the dishes. There's a lot. Dude, it was if like she three. came to help you do the dishes, Yo. there you go. There's your reciprocation. She, she could have right said there. no. Yes. Exactly. I'm yes. not going to help you do the dishes. I'm just saying no. my tactic. She showed up. Yeah, worked. Oh, wow. Reciprocation. Wow. Sorry, next question. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. All right. Savannah. What you got? I can't hold it. Just Take it. Take it. Come on. <laughs> um, this is kind of, you guys can all answer it because you all have been in relationships or are in. Um, but my question, um, how have you remembered to keep God first in your relationship? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I got an idea. What? Well, I don't know if it's going to answer the question, but this is where my brain's working. Oh, I um, like your brain. You have a cool brain. Yeah, so, I mean, for me right now, in the relationship that I'm in, that's where I'm speaking from, uh, me and Megan right now have probably very different perspectives on God and our re- and relationship with God, which is, um, really, really awesome. And Crispy mentioned this a little bit. We get to celebrate the differences in those perspectives. Um, and I've talked with Megan about this before where it's like I'm looking at God being here and she's on the other side of God looking back this way. And so it's really interesting to see how so much I, as, as much as I love her, I want to chase God and go towards him first. And the same thing on the other side is she's really into me, which is awesome. And But God's still in the middle of that. And so as we are walking closer in that um, relationship, um, the coolest thing that I've experienced is seeing the things that I've never experienced with God or the Holy Spirit or Jesus from her side. And I think she's told me that there's different things that she's never experienced on her her, her side um, from my perspective. Um, and so it's really cool to see those kind of blend um, into we love God so much and we're still walking towards each other. That's good. That's good. Like, okay, so what, what I'm hearing is like you don't depend on her to pursue Christ better. Right? Right. Like she can she can absolutely come alongside you as a partner, yeah. right, in your own pursuit of Christ, but you're not dependent upon her, totally. right? Like she's not your ticket to heaven. She's no. not your like, hey, we need to go to church. Like you're already you're like, I'm there. Like I'm 100%. I'm racing after Christ regardless. Right. right? And I think like when I hear uh, folks say, well, this person makes me a better Christian or like, um, you know, uh, or, or on the vice versa. Like, I, you know, I'm really trying to get my 
significant other to come to church or something like that, you know, I always, that kind of stuff just kind of struggle, I struggle with that because, like, what we typically do, think about, like, love songs, right? The love songs that we hear, like, we put, um, uh, you know, you're my everything, you know, or whatever, like, we hear these love songs that's, we're putting our identity, our purpose in life, our meaning, we're putting that on our significant other, that should only ever be put on Christ. And what happens is, is they're going to fail us at some point, right? And so um, what ends up happening is, is, is um, I'm, I'm pursuing, you know, like I love the fact that I'm not just a source of joy in life, right? I'm not. That sounds kind of weird, right? I'm not her source of joy. I'm also not her source of meaning and purpose and value and worth. She gets all of that from Christ before she and I ever begin as a relationship, right? And so when we come together, we come together, we bring our, our identity, our worth, our passion um, for, for a relationship with Christ, we bring that with us. And so our marriage kind of becomes a, a sacred place, uh, a union, uh, a sanctuary where we meet with Christ together, um, and, and it's like this beautiful, like outworking of of what we're own, what we're pursuing. But don't be afraid if the person is, it, it, you know, if they have different theology or whatever. Um, you know, I don't I don't think that's a huge major issue, right? Think about, um, you know, celebrating differences and things like that. And and some theological issues can be really big. Some some aren't so much. Um, but I, I wouldn't be scared away by that if somebody. Jessa literally told me at one point, she was like, I don't think you and I worship the same God. And I was like, oh, my goodness. We realized kind of what we were going through and what we were walking through together. But I loved the fact that I'm not having to, to say, hey, um, let's have a Bible study to encourage her to pursue Christ, right? And she's not having to do that for me. And so, like, if you can be that on your own before you ever get into a relationship, that's the that's how you put Christ first in a relationship as you pursue him before you ever have that relationship. Cool. Any other questions? Well, I, I do. Not a question. Oh. oh. Somebody, I saw a question come in. Any date ideas for single people? Yes. I already, Crispy gave you one. You can buy a book that gives you a date idea. So boom. Buy the book. I don't know what it's called. Don't. Don't invite somebody over to wash dishes. That's probably not a good <laughs> first date idea. I mean, well, okay, hold on. Do you recommend a particular, like, dial soap as, you know, I don't know. Dawn. Dawn. I mean, did you guys talk about that? Was that, like? Obviously. Okay, do you do you use a scrub wand or, or washcloth? Or, like, you know, wand. which one is it? Wand. Okay. Interesting. All right. I'd say don't underestimate the power of being completely present. It doesn't matter where you're going as long as your date feels like you're actually wanting to be there. You're not on your phone, things like that. Like, I don't know, go for a freaking drive and don't be on your phones and listen to music and talk to each other. Boom, date idea. You're welcome. That's good. That's good. That's good. All right. You got one more? You got one more? Okay. This will be our last one, and I'll leave you with a couple thoughts. Okay, my question is, I have a, my sister did have a friend who's been going through a lot. Um, she doesn't go to church at all. She's cussing like a sailor. She lives with her parents still. She works, but she never, ever had, she's never been to a church her whole life. 
So how would I help her get into a church? Yeah, man, that's a great question. And I think, uh, first off, she's lucky to have, you said this was your sister's friend? Okay. 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 Yeah. Well, first off, she's lucky to have you um, who's thinking about her and praying for her. And I would say, you know, start by praying for her. Number two is, is um, you know, maybe it sounds like you guys aren't talking a whole lot. Maybe maybe pick up the phone and say, hey, do you want to go get some coffee or something? And I just, I think that's, that's where you start is building relationships. Um, yeah. That's right. Go spend some money. Go do some shopping, something. I don't know, like, you know. Huh? Oh. Um, do you guys? Let's see here. It's 8.30. Um, yes, sir. Yeah! <laughs> wow. Wow. This one here, okay. All right, I think I think this is a good one, and then we can. This will actually segue into some of my. Um, just I want to leave you guys with a with a thought, something that's been super helpful for me. Um, but the question here is, how do you deal with the worldly judgments of waiting till marriage, and being viewed as too pure to be worthy of dating, such a huge hookup culture that our world has right now. So it sounds like, um, you know, somebody's passionate about saving themselves for marriage, and it sounds like the people around them, I don't know if this is a friend or a significant other, is kind of saying, look, maybe that's outmoded, right? Maybe maybe it's outmoded in our culture. Um, maybe it's, uh, it's something that we don't really subscribe to anymore as a culture. Um, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I heard this illustration once that said, um, it was a, a woman talking about having saved herself for marriage, and she's like, yeah, there's all these girls that are going out and all these guys saying, I want to have sex with as many people as I can. Um, essentially, what they're doing is saying, I'm settling for a used car. When a, my husband sees me on our wedding day, he's getting a brand new top of the line, whatever. The point is, um, the more that you give yourself away or the more that the person is giving themselves away, the less special it ends up being. Um, that's how you end up seeing people that are serial daters or they go out and have one night stands constantly. Sex is no longer a beautiful thing. Um, it's it's put, been pushed down to its base form. So in receiving judgment, um, I mean, for one, have the confidence to know, you know, you're doing the right thing and have some pride in yourself for standing up even though it's hard. Um, and, yeah, don't don't let yourself um, allow your boundaries and your convictions to be pushed. Um, yeah. And I don't know if it's, like, your friend or if it's a significant other that's, like, bringing that heat. I just deuces, like, I don't need you in my life. You know, they probably, they probably aren't excited about what you're doing because maybe they're not subscribing to that same lifestyle. And that doesn't mean, like, 
you're more pure than them or, or holier than them. Man, we're just, we're all trying to figure out how to do life right, right? I mean, we're walking this journey as believers trying to figure it out. We're going to mess it up. So maybe they got this part figured out where they're living this way in, in a better way, but maybe there's another area where that person struggles, right? So first off, if you're here and you're throwing shade because somebody's trying to live for Jesus, you know, shame on you. But if you're the person who's, pers- who's saying, look, I want to wait and I want to do my best to save myself for marriage, and people around you are judging you for that, man, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, you know, maybe get new friends or something or, or, you know, get that, get rid of that relationship. They're already asking you to compromise, you know, if it's a significant other and they're saying like, why, why, you know, you're, you're being all like holier than thou by wanting to wait until marriage. Well, um, you know, they're already asking you to compromise your values. So that relationship, to, in my opinion, is like done. Yeah, red flag, big time. Did you want to add anything no. to that? I w- red flag. <laughs> Boom. I say that the the good thing about dating is that you have opportunities to see the good things that you like and the things that you don't, um, especially if you're doing it in the right way um, and getting to know people and getting to figure out, well, I actually really admire this quality in a person. Um, but if you are with someone that's, giving you judgment for your beliefs, you should absolutely know within yourself that that is another person that you want to be with. Just totally. let it be like, okay, well, you're not what I want. I don't want to be with somebody like that. So I've learned. We're yeah. moving on. They just made it really easy for you to make that right. decision. Yep. Absolutely. All right, guys. Um, Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. And, um, a couple things, just really quickly. Your heart is extremely valuable. Think about this. We don't guard things that aren't valuable, right? We don't protect things that are worthless. Um, and so he's saying here, guard your heart uh, because it's so valuable. It's like it is your wellspring of life. And um, I heard this from Jeremy, and um, it's something that, you know, was just really encouraging to me. And um, in this idea of guarding your heart, um, well, I want to ask you a question. How do you date? How do you date? Okay, or, or maybe you're in a period of singleness or whatever, but um, how do you date? Are you the person who gives away roses or are you the person who tries on jackets? So here's what I'm talking about. All right, and you guys know this person, right? Um, this was me in, in high school, okay? When I got into a relationship, I, I, like I dove in head first. I mean, I got way too committed, way too fast. And where I ended up, in the relationship was I gave, you know, a piece of my heart away, right? Imagine that's the person. <laughs> I gave a piece of my heart away, right? And, and I'm in this relationship. I'm sexually active in the relationship. I'm committed. And all of a sudden, um, I get convicted about the fact that we're engaged in this sexually. And I'm thinking like, well, well, in that case, we should start talking about marriage, right? We should start talking about marriage because, you know, once we get married, that'll justify what we're already doing. Where does that relationship go? It goes south most of the time, right? So I get out of that relationship. I jump into another one, and I'm, I'm, I'm giving out another piece of my heart really fast, um, there you go. 
And the truth is, is, right, I mean, you can only do this for so long, right, before you've given out all of your roses, right, your whole heart, right? We talk about this, like you only have so much that you can give out and then you don't have any left. And so that's one kind of dating. Um, and I, I think I definitely fell in that camp was I got way too committed way too fast. And this might sound kind of uh, um, crass a little bit, but um, then there's, then there's the, uh, you know, trying on different jackets. I'm not going to be able to do this while holding a microphone. Oh, do you want to help me? Sweet. There we go. Jack's showing us. Yeah, you're, you're trying on the jacket. So, like, Jack meets this girl, and he's, um, he's they're, they're not actually in a committed, exclusive relationship, but they're, like, hanging out, right? You guys are friends, right? You're friends? Did you guys, do you guys go on a date ever? Maybe you go on a date. Right? Maybe you go on a date, but you're trying on a jacket and you realize your values don't line up, right? Are you committed? Not committed, right? So then move on to the next one, right? Okay. Sounds bad, right? But here's the idea it's like we get so committed so fast in relationships. And the idea is Jack, <laughs> that looks good on you, man. Yeah, they're nice jackets. Um, here's, here's all I want to say. The idea is that Jack is able to do, like, you know, if you're trying on jackets, that's kind of weird. Jack is trying on jackets. Okay, anyway. Um, it gives you the opportunity to do some of that footwork before there's very much commitment in the relationship. And I've seen it so many times where um, the commitment goes sky high and and the two people really don't even know each other very well and then all of a sudden um there's that pressure to to um to follow through with that commitment and two people start talking about marriage and um and they don't even really know each other very well and they haven't done that footwork about like do our values line up do are do you know are you pursuing christ the same way i'm pursuing christ come on are you um you know, are you asking me to make compromises? And that's where it leads is we end up making compromises and because we're trying to feed into that super ultra high commitment level. So my encouragement for you guys, you know, is if, if I can give you any kind of dating advice, if I could go back and really actually if I could go back and hit myself over the head in high school, this is what I would say to myself is don't jump in so fast don't get so committed so quickly. Maybe that looks like, you know, going on a date, you're just friends with somebody, whatever, but it's not exclusive. It's not, a, it's not like a, an, a, an exclusive official relationship yet, but you're giving yourself time to figure out, okay, is this person pursuing Christ? Is this person, you know, good for me? Is this person, uh, do we have similar values? And, um, uh, I just think that, you know, in our culture, we so quickly jump in and we go deep, quickly, fast, and then all of a sudden we're committed and we're trying to, and we don't know if that person is really who we want to spend the rest of our lives with. And so what do we start doing because the commitment is so high is we start making compromises here and a little bit more, and then we compromise a little bit more. And before we know it, we're in a toxic relationship, and we can't get out. So 
Um, I know that we've gone a long time. I just want to pray for us, and then we'll we'll split. And you know, feel free to continue having these conversations. Um, I hope that this is just the beginning, um, because we definitely want you know to be the kind of community where um, we are going into those hard conversations, right? So feel free to ask any of us questions afterward. Um, and if we didn't get to your question, I'm really sorry. We'll try to text back to to who you are. They're totally anonymous, so we don't know who asked what. Um, and we'll try to get back to you sometime this week with, with uh, some sort of response. But Father, thank you so much for our time together this evening. God, thank you for a community that's willing to be vulnerable, take risks, and ultimately pursue you. I just pray that, you know, yeah, we're talking about dating, but man, this applies to every kind of relationship that we, that we can be involved in is, you love them. They're your um, prized possession. And because of that, we should treat them as such. So, Father, I just pray that um, as we, you know, grow together, as we do life together here, God, that you would just um, strengthen us to make some of these hard decisions or, or um, to, to refuse to compromise on our values no matter what. We just love you in Jesus' name. Amen.